Welcome back to the Hoops Temple Podcast. We've got all three of us back here today. Y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz. Joining us from New Zealand, rocking an immaculate two-piece NBA combo. We got the OKC on top, Denver Nuggets below, Dylan Williamson. Good morning. It was it was a successful day shopping. Dude, I'm so jealous that you can find that at thrift shops. Like, I struggle to even find Pistons gear in Michigan. Just no one's <laughs> bought Pistons gear in, like, the last 20 years. No one's given it up. Yeah, I, I, like, reached my budget limit as well. So there was a Paul George shirt, like, just Clippers jersey, but, like, a t-shirt version that I'll probably go back and get at some point, too. You have more self-control than I ever have. I would just, I, I would have just bought that. But also, yeah. I, I got to introduce Aaron. I mean, he's just been sitting here patiently, just smiling at the camera. Uh, Aaron, how was camping? Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Good to be back in civilization. Awesome. Awesome. So last week, while you were off gallivanting through the desert, I assume that's what one does in the desert when they camp there. You we were, were on the coast. Desert. We were on the coast. Oh, I don't know why nice. I was thinking desert. I'm not going to the desert in August. Yeah, that's, that's a smart call. <laughs> uh, while you were gone, we did our top 1 through 25 for the pod. I remember last year it was you and I because Dylan was off gallivanting in a desert or something of the like. I assume that's what you guys do when you're not here. Um, what, what qualms did you have? We, I guess I can read the list. Uh, we had Jokic at 1, Giannis at 2, Curry at 3, Durant at 4, Beat at 5, Tatum at 6, Luca, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Shea Gilders-Alexander, 10, 11, Kawhi, LeBron, Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Paul George, John Morant, Anthony Edwards, Pascal Siakam, number 20 is Brandon Ingram, 21, DeMontis Sabonis, 22, Halliburton, Jaron Jackson Jr., De'Aaron Fox, and Bam Adebayo. Would you like to hear my qualms? Yeah. My complaints? Yeah, that's why I just read the list. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, honestly, I, I thought it was great for the most part. The top four, I had the exact same heading into it. The two things that I, I noted that I would have changed, I feel like Bam Adebayo is better than Jaron Jackson Jr. I just would have flipped those guys, 23 and 25. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Then uh, the Kawhi Leonard 11 piece, I was curious where you guys would land with that. I just feel like he doesn't play enough to justify the 11 spot. I like, I really love what Anthony Edwards is going to do this upcoming season. I'm really excited. I feel like him at 18 and another another guy being Paul George at 16. And George's age and his injuries and the inconsistency, I honestly would have flipped those guys mm-hmm. and maybe bumped Kawhi back just like one or two. That's I feel like it. we bumped him back a fair amount based on availability. Like, yeah. if we were going to say that he's healthy, he'd be like top four and we hit him at 11. So. Yeah, but he's not healthy. He's not going to be healthy. He's going to play 55 games. This is going to be the year, Aaron, goddammit. <laughs> this is the year. 82 game Iron Man Kawhi season. I think for me it was just I couldn't justify some of the other guys like behind him being over him if everyone's healthy. Like, you know, you look down, all right, maybe Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard's going to be healthier. Maybe not. That guy's been pretty injury-plagued yeah. as well. I, I feel like last year was a little like, bit more than just shutting him down. He's, he's got like a chronic abdomen issue. Yeah. Why not flip Butler and Kawhi? say butler just went to the finals is always awesome he misses games but he's always there in the postseason say butler's 11 Kawhi's 12 lebron's 13 have you ever made a stir fry sure sure you know sometimes you're making stir fry you don't have enough ingredients but like you still make it work you put in more things you can there's a lot of good ways to make a stir fry and this is what jimmy butler does is he makes the stir fry but he keeps running out of ingredients and running out of ingredients. And somehow, somehow he pulls it off and the playoffs work fine. But as he keeps getting older, I'm I'm expecting a sharper decline from Butler than than much of anything else. Yeah, his game is pretty athleticism based. I mean, he, he does a lot of great things, but watching him in person or even just watching him in general, you notice that he's just bigger and stronger and faster mm-hmm. than a lot of people. And as his body gets worse and worse with age, I, I can see that drop off. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, I wouldn't like, there is nothing that I'm like, that's wrong. I don't get it. It is a good list. Okay. Maybe you're reaching on Ingram a little bit, but. Yeah, I, I felt yeah. the reach on Ingram. I'm a very big Ingram guy ever since his LA time. Uh, I also had a, a wonderful conversation about Ingram the other day. And I say wonderful with a dripping amount of sarcasm just a complete basketball novice that was like, yeah, I think Giannis is better offensively than Jokic, but Jokic has the defense. And I'm like, do you have that backwards? He's like, no, no, Giannis, you just can't stop him. And I'm like, all right, 
but but it, it, it devolved and I he was trashing Ingram. So I, I've been on my Ingram defense stand uh, for a little <laughs> bit. So Ingram, I agree. Like if I was just like rough outlining it before looking into it that much, like you wouldn't think Brandon Ingram would be that level of player, but like the statistical profile and what he was able to achieve last year with a Pelicans team that had like a lot of inconsistency and a lot of players missing, like efficient scoring, good passing, like some defensive capability. Like it was actually hard to make an argument against them. I'm curious to see. The Pelicans are on the cusp as they've been for a long time now. They have so much talent in that building. If it can all be on the floor at one time, really interesting. This, right. this is this is going to be the season for Kawhi and Zion. We're going to get 75 games from each of them and a deep playoff run. I thought you meant 75 games between the two of them. And I'm like, I can see that. <laughs> I was more say, likely. I can see that. What, Zion I mean, gave that, us, uh, if you're sitting the over-under, that sounds probably about right. Zion gave us 29 games last year, and Kawhi gave us... Oh, Kawhi gave us 52. Not bad. We hit the yeah. 70 mark, boys. All right, Aaron, as you've been missing, uh, we'll let you nominate 26. Who's your? Who's the first guy on your board? I'm going to go with Laurie Markin. I'm going to say... Interesting. The seven-footer, hyper-efficient scorer. He was almost 26 points a night on a 50-39-88 splits. Good defensive player as well. He gets his own shot over anybody. What do you guys think? Here's one of the guys that we talked about after the pod, right, Nate, where we're kind of um, yeah. loosely throwing around the guys that might come up soon. Um, I think we were both pretty high on him. I was pretty high on him, and then I started looking more into it, and I was just like, I think we've got a little bit more guys that can still stir the drink. I, I think Lowry exploded this past year. We didn't have him ranked in our top 90 uh, last season, um, so I, I do want to kind of be a little bit cautious about overreacting. He had a really great start to the year, um, and then kind of trailed off as the season went on, and that's part of that's the Jazz intentionally trying to tank. They got rid of all the ball handlers, but it's not like they've really replaced the ball handler in the offense. I mean, Mike Conley is still gone. Who, who's the rookie that they drafted? Not uh, Taylor Hendricks, but the other guy yeah, that looked really good. Uh, Keontae George. Bufkin? Yeah, Keontae uh, George. There we Keontae go. George. You know, if you're going to run with a rookie point guard and Jordan Clarkson, I don't think you're going to get quite as much value from Markinen. Just you're not going to have the setup. I'm I'm a little bit lower. Just the more I looked at him, I'm, the more I'm like, he's a good complimentary guy. But I do think we both have better complimentary guys left and uh, a couple of star level guys. He was 12th in points per game last year. He's not complimenting shit. <laughs> he would be Come better on. if he was complimenting shit. <laughs> he was awesome last year. Maybe, yeah. maybe his team wouldn't be the 12th seed if um he was the second or third option. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the Fair. classic good stats, bad team. You and I have been talking about small forwards all day. And actually, as I was prepping for that uh, top 75 small forwards, I, I had Lowry Markin in there and I was like, is there a case? And I was like, no. What? You, small forward is not actually that deep. Like We were talking 50 to 75 best small forwards. It was yeah. way out there. Like Ingram got ranked. And, um, yeah. That's, that's got insane. Ranked. I can't believe that there haven't been that many good small forwards in like NBA history make it all-star teams tough if you think about the league like in the beginning there's only those 18 i mean not eight teams there's more in the beginning that shrinks down but like in general the league like widens out so you know now kind of at this level we're looking like one older small forward and like five modern small forwards and like one older and like five more modern because it's just just is what it is and there's a lot of role players and not that many guys that have been all-stars or yeah i guess this kind of is like the age of wings as well to totally mm-hmm. derail the, mm-hmm. the conversation. <laughs> like, um, Yeah, we're making great um, time, guys. Ten minutes in. Who was the other small forward we had, Nate? Uh, it Wiggins. was Ingram and, and Wiggins, yeah. Andrew Wiggins. Did you get like Denny Granger or something in there too? I tried to. <laughs> Nate shot me down. I He's really just outside. Man, I was, I was such a big Danny Granger awesome. fan. He was awesome. 20, was. 26 points a night on a horrible team. He was. And Nate yeah. was just like, no. Like, that's, no. that's exactly what we're talking about. 26 points a night on a horrible team they did start off good but i I'd, yeah they started off good i've got if, to, if the jazz wanted to they could have made the plan they could have made the they could have easily made the plan but that wasn't the intention direction of the franchise and marketing spoiled all of that he was so good that they're like yeah hell man i can't tank with this he did kind of fuck them over maybe i maybe i was too harsh when i i went back after Dylan and i talked and kind of dropped him down a bit um the next time the highest guy on my board is jalen brunson i had him one spot behind, one spot back. Well, technically two, but so I'm, I'm, I could, be, I could behind that. Dylan, thoughts on Brunson, the leader of the Knicks, the star of New York. Um, 
I think it's like right around Lowry. Like we kind of talked about that kind of group of like all-star caliber guards last week mm-hmm. with like Brunson, Trey Young, um, Kyrie Irving, Drew Holiday, Jamal, um, Murray. Brown. Jamal Murray, Bradley Beal, James Harden, who I think is probably the next best guy, but it's going to be a tough sell. Um, and so like, yeah, I feel like those are like the next group of guys. And so, uh, you know, they're like a tier, so I'm I'm fine with fine with Brunson. Um, Trey Young is probably like another guy to throw in. Yeah, like he, his his rep is like way down, but um, he still like runs a really efficient offense and is one of the best passers in the league and creates difficult shots and you know should have a better season this year with a with a full season of Quinn Snyder. So I think there's a there's a big group of guys, and um, you know, I'm I'm down with Brunson being the right. the top of them. If you guys are cool with that. 26 Brunson I do think you're right though I think Trey Young and that might actually the more you start saying Trey in the Quinn Snyder case I I could even see Trey over Brunson but it's just the the superstar qualities the I am leading a team I'm doing it multiple ways offensively with my scoring and my passing hopefully there will be more than two passes of possession for the uh the Hawks this season but what do you guys think about Trey at 27? I think it's the right spot, but we can't do a Trey Young bit without shitting on him mercilessly. <laughs> Which one of us wants to do it? I mean, come on, dude. Want... shit on Trey Young enough, right? <laughs> All right. He's, he's probably one of the most underrated players in the NBA, but he is the worst defender in the league. Keep it coming. Let's go. Come on. Shoots like 34% from three, and that's Not like a his good best three-point skill. Shooter. <laughs> Not a good three-point shooter. Um, pretty inefficient scoring as a whole because he shoots a lot of mid-ranges. And doesn't really get to the rim. Um, I think he's got like league average true shooting, which for a guy that's running your offense is not great. Doesn't do jack shit off the ball. Yeah. Has a 600% usage rate. Yeah, yeah. If, if he's not on the ball, he's just standing there. 10, turn, or 10 assists to four turnovers, just by comparison. And you've got, uh, who's this? You've got uh, Halliburton with 10 assists. It's a 2.5 turnovers. Like, yeah, not the best assist to turnover ratio for some of these high assist guys. But he has it. He's the Nick Slayer. He's he's the new Reggie yeah, Miller. No, he's the killer yeah. of the garden. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with him at 27. But I, I still I just find it. I can imagine a championship team with Laurie Markkinen on it much faster than I can Trey Young. Maybe the sure deep playoff run you didn't see coming is Trey Young's specialty. But I'm not super interested in that. I'd much rather say like, hey, like marketing could be the second guy or something because Trey Young is like yes. Trey Young's pairing with another superstar doesn't look great he has to be the first guy and if he's your first guy it's like okay yeah it's it's you get into that conversation of low level first option or high level second option because it's a little bit like a carmelo anthony where it's like man this guy's not gonna beat lebron he's not gonna beat kobe he's not gonna beat a dwight howard but he's still so much better than like trying to think of another star of that era but 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 like so much better than your secondary guys your guys that like uh chauncey billups you know as soon as Chauncey got there, they got a lot better. But he's still the guy, and Chauncey's the two, and it's just, yeah. I think there's only one more guy that I think has a case of kind of being that elite, not even elite, because we're talking about the 27th or 28th best guy. But I think now I'm ready for Zion. If healthy, I think Zion is still in this case. And then I think after that, we've got 15 people that, that could all be twos. Yeah, yeah, I, I could I hear a case for marketing behind Zion. I think Zion, we talked before the pod, before the pod, during the pod, we talked at some point about play- no, sorry, we talked about players staying healthy and um, quiet lettered and whatnot. And Zion doesn't play in games. And last season was was so so bad because you expect him to play, and he didn't like clearly get hurt. He just kind of was vaguely hurt, kind mm-hmm. of hurt, like just like the rumor said it. It's one guy I heard from a friend of a friend that Zion isn't playing today eighty two times, but when he's on the court, he's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we're talking literally 60% field goal or percentage. The guy just pogo sticks his way, shoulder drops his way through the league. There's the only thing that stops him is health. And uh, the hooker, or uh, that that was probably mean. I'm not sure what she was, a porn star or whatnot. He was a porn star. Okay. He was a porn star. Not a hooker. <laughs> oh, you paid her 10 grand. Women so. empowerment, Nate. <laughs> yes. No, I'm very pro-sex work. It's like, by all means, you do who you, but... Uh, that situation got way out of hand. Yeah. Yeah, she was tweeting at him like 50, 50 to 100 times a day or something. She got his, fa- she got his name tattooed on her face. No. Don't yeah. tell me that. Yeah. No, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
It got way okay. out of hand. Okay, that's that's a different level. I think that just goes to show the amount of loyalty and inspiration that Zion can really foster in those around him. Um, and if that can <laughs> manifest into the locker room as well, where you know guys are willing to do anything for, for, for him, you know, that's a real intangible that he can bring to the team. Yeah. So now we're going to do like a bunch of number twos who's at this point. And if Aaron, if you feel strongly about marking it, I'm not going to fight you too much. I've got him 10 spots back, but I mean, we've got everyone. I do, I do feel pretty strongly. He's, I mean, Dylan should be into this. It's like the Kevin Durant stuff where huge guy that can shoot over anybody. I, I, I say this every time I mention marketing. I went to a jazz game. He shot 15 of 17 on twos. It was the greatest performance ever seen in my life. Um, Maybe I'm biased towards that because I watched him like rip my heart out for an hour and a half. But that kind of player, there's really no flaws in it. He's not playmaking or dribbling very much, but you just get him the ball anywhere and he's scoring. All right. Seems like it's some Lowry next. All right. All right. I'm not sure that I I love it, but you've come in. You've had your passion. This is a compromising group. I suggest Jamal Murray for number 30. That's who I had next. My next guy. You know... What we saw him do throughout that playoff run, it's crazy that he's never been an all-star, but it also makes a lot of sense just with the injuries and the timing of those injuries. But we're looking at a guy that can shoot 40% from three, also get you 10 assists per game in the finals. Perfect compliment from Jokic, and he'll be 26 next season. Like, if we're talking about guys that are going to continue to progress, Murray has to still be in that category, both from a health standpoint and just from an age development curve. Yeah, and maybe like not the most impressive regular season guy, like probably like a like a clear two, maybe a three in the regular mm-hmm. season. But like he has shown multiple times now in his career that he can step it up to like a you know a clear two or sometimes even a number one um, in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean we've we had Donovan Mitchell at fifteen. We had the bubble series between the two of them where they were going shot for shot. Then Murray got hurt for a while, and then kind of we got to fall more in love with Mitchell and more comfortable with Mitchell. But I would say this playoff series ranks up, this playoff run ranks up there with anything we've ever seen Mitchell do. So our difference sure. between 15 and 30, slim. Yeah. He spent most of last season rehabbing, like the first few months of that. He's yeah. coming back. Yeah, he barely played. And, he, yeah. and by the end of it, it kind of reminded me, like, I mean, the, the system that Jokic and Murray have is just so great, where Jokic obviously can get you buckets at the end, but he dominates the first few quarters and then at the end it's like jamal murray time it's the two-man game with jamal murray with the ball in his hands it's kind of like reminiscent of with Giannis and the bucks in their finals run with like what chris middleton is doing in a way where middleton kind of has the ball at the end of the games because Giannis isn't this great tough shot maker um that murray is and middleton was and i like the murray placement perfect dylan any nominations for 31 yeah i, I had a couple guys over everyone that we've mentioned um like i was saying before james harden's a really hard sell but he's still like an elite offensive creator and has proven to be able to scale it back in um you know to a number two guy um but i think he could easily come out and you know lead a pretty good regular season team as the number one option you know there's off-court weird stuff and you know he might demand a trade from your team and you know try to get daryl Morey fired or whatever and obviously the playoffs have never been good for him. He has some of those same Trey Young problems in terms of defense and offensive um, disinterest at, at times when he's off the ball. But like the dude's still an elite offensive player who I think can be like a really good two or, you know, can still be a number one on a, on a pretty good regular season team. Heading into last season, we had Harden, well, me and Nate had Harden at 23 I think this is a pretty reasonable drop-off from 23 down to 31 as he gets older, as his issues become more present. I'd be okay with it. He led the league in assists last year. Maybe he's not going to be great in the playoffs, but it's still a high level of play that's hard to find. Yeah. Part of my hesitation is just not knowing what situation he's going to be in next year. And I think in this this range, like, you know, if Murray was, I don't know, if Murray was in Atlanta, um, I don't know that I feel quite as high about Murray's situation but Murray being in Denver makes me really like it Harden being this anomaly I, I, if you guys are, are confident we can lock him in but I'm I'm just worried about what situation he's going to end up in and how that's actually going to look I think he's surprisingly adaptable like I can't imagine a team where he can't contribute at a high level on offense we can always come back what if he ends up in Vegas back. there's not currently a team <laughs> in Vegas at this day but are we ever really sure what situation Harden's going to be in? That's that's never a certainty. Yeah. Oh, I just think, you know, if he's in the Clippers, that 
now he's like offensive person number three, and it's a very different look. And he'll he'll have the easiest ride of his career. Yeah, he'll still put up twenty five, but he'll shoot like fifty, forty, ninety. Yeah, yeah. Dylan, I'm really curious who the other guys you have uh, still ahead of the guys you've nominated are. Uh, I made the case for Drew last week, and Nate didn't buy it at all, so I put him on the back burner. Nate's stubborn, man. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the, there, there was a big disconnect, so I'll let that one go. I'll, I'll fight him on some, but he he was way off of um way lower on Drew, so I let it go. Um, and then you know, linking back to James Harden, fellow dickhead Kyrie Irving. I had Kyrie a few spots back. I had um Drew even a bit further down, like thirty seven. Kyrie thirty five holiday 37 i like those guys i just don't feel like it's time yet i'd rather do Kyrie. you could sell me on Kyrie because the talent's there mm-hmm. and maybe he won't be yeah. fucking crazy this year yeah. Up- upside Kyrie is like 10 to 15 spots higher than this and then you yeah. knock him back because he's a dickhead also but but both Kyrie and James Harden are kind of in, sorry, Nate. sorry both uh, both of them are kind of in contract years so could we see a little bit more of an upside they both what does that mean anymore though the contract here you get everyone gets paid and then you get traded doesn't it's not like it's not like it used to be or but you they had didn't like get all paid. out for the contract they didn't though because yeah. I, I think you're right everyone has always gotten traded or you know you get paid you get traded Kyrie went to that summer offseason with the nets and was like yeah i'm gonna get paid somewhere and then everyone's like no and the nets were like we're not giving you this deal you gotta earn it and what yeah. did he sign and, for and he, could, he couldn't even get a trade he, there wasn't even a trade market like no one wanted the dude and he's like okay i better come out and behave for a while okay man should we do Kyrie? should we say upside <laughs> Kyrie? because downside Kyrie is the worst player in the league because he's at home you can't play basketball on your couch unless you have like a mini hoop by the tv <laughs> i hate to say it but i'm, I'm starting to lean more towards drew uh god damn it Nate. I, we I just got all this momentum <laughs> well I, i'm cool with these guys actually being our next three the only name that i'm looking at on my board that's above them that i feel passionately is mikhail bridges and it's a small sample size of what we saw from him in Brooklyn. But that 27 games is just an insane shooting splits, getting 26 points a night while also playing very good defense. You know, at it, going into age 27 season, I think we're going to see prime Mikhail Bridges. You also don't have to worry about health issues, about chaos issues, about oh, yeah. any other yeah. type of issues. Yeah, like there, there's like the opposite of Kyrie. There's like a dude that's you don't have to worry about the downside at all and who's going to be in every single game literally every single game the one down that's pretty exciting the one downside with mikhail is maybe what we saw is more of a blip maybe what we saw is not actually going to be sustainable over the course of an 82 game season also the nets weren't particularly good they had a sub 500 record post that trade and kind of coasted into the playoffs off of the backs of what Durant did earlier yeah i feel, I feel like he kind of had like the, kind of the typical like over his head number one option season we like put up put up good points and the team wasn't very good but like even the ability to put up good amount of points as a number one kind of lends itself to being a very good number two or or number three i feel like drew is better on both ends of the floor like mikhail at his best defensively is probably more versatile but i think he kind of as his offensive role grew his defensive um impact and effort lessened Mm -hmm. um so I'd rather have Drew over McHale, but I did have McHale in sort of that, that same sort of range. Aaron, is there anyone else that you've put in this tier, or can we just rank these four names? I hate to, to throw another name on this pile to it's make okay. it more complicated, okay. but I think Jalen Brown should be should be in this. He was all NBA last year, like 27 points a night. Yeah, but so was Julius Randle. Okay, f- but we have our issue. Randle has his issues. The Brown f- doesn't have those issues. Wait, Brown doesn't have the issue of forgetting how to dribble? He doesn't have the issue of being like the least efficient scorer in the league. Brown has his has his ball handling issues, but yeah. To to make it more complicated, also has Jalen Brown right around here as well. Okay, can we have him last of these guys? What would be all the guys again? Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie, <laughs> Drew. Kyrie. James I can't Harden. justify Drew Holiday above above Jalen Brown. Why not? Because Jalen Brown is better. He's just he's a he's a much much better offensive player, able to handle that kind of yeah, scoring. I think mode. he's a I think he's a better scorer, and Drew is better in all other aspects. I yeah. Which, I, yeah. I, I mean I mean scoring is most of offensive. This game's about buckets. Basketball is about buckets. <laughs> yeah. So just points per game wise, we're looking at about a seven points per game difference. Nineteen versus six or nineteen versus twenty six. But you also have a lot more ball handling and creation from Drew. 
And I would much rather have Drew on defense than J- Jalen Brown, even even with the size discrepancy and the. Jalen Brown's probably one of the more overrated defenders in the league as well. And we were saying that you have Giannis, Giannis ranked at at two, and we put Drew Holiday above Jalen Brown, and they lost in five games of the Heat last year. Yeah, in that playoff with, series, with Drew Giannis out with a points. back. He, he can't step up a little bit. He was he was <laughs> not even like not even a touch. His Drew's scoring went down, and his efficiency went way down. With, yeah, with when they called upon him, Aaron and Jalen Brown has stepped up. A pick and roll with Bobby Portis versus a pick and roll with Giannis has slightly different um, impacts on the defense. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a uh, you got to space the floor more. You got to look out for the shooting. All right, all right. So if we knock them, who do we feel the highest on this? How, how do we want to do it? I think these are the five names. I'm comfortable these being the five names. I mean, I want James Harden, but I thought we locked in James Harden. I Harden 31 locked in. Yeah, Harden all locked right. in. Beautiful. So so then we're doing what? We're doing Kyrie. Kyrie, yeah, I think upside Kyrie. Holiday, Jalen Brown. Yeah, and Mikael Bridges. I'd much rather have Mikael Bridges than Jalen. I think that's a much more efficient score. This and is the Lakers defender. shit. This yeah. is Lakers I, I, shit and Celtics. I, I think Mikael's last among them. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think Mikael's last among those guys. Last. Oof. All right. Are you guys? Is then uh, Jalen, Drew, then Mikael? Yeah. Okay. Jalen thirty-three, Drew thirty-four. Mikhail, 35. 10 players have been ranked. 15 to go. Nominations for 36. And tell me why it's Julius Randle. It's not Julius Randle. I have a good one, though. La- heading, heading into last season, mm-hmm. number 20. We ranked this guy number 20, and then he got hurt, was Carl Anthony Towns. You think you see a revenge season? I think I see a revenge season. He was good when he played. He was great the year prior. I mean, he's unquestionable on the on questionable teams. He's like twenty five points, toe boards, and three assists on preposterous efficiency. He makes bad decisions in big moments, and he doesn't have like that crazy it factor. But I think he can be the number one option on a team that that does matter. And you might even see something like like Anthony Edwards takes the big shots in the fourth quarter while Towns kind of carries his scoring load early on. The Wolves might be really good and and Towns is probably going to be a huge part of that if he's healthy. I don't he hate had it. Anthony. He had Edwards at 18 and you're saying Towns is going to be all the way down in like the mid-40s. I think he should be a bit earlier than that. Well, I mean, there's just so many good players in the league right now. Like, I mean, we've we're down to 36 and we're looking at guys that are still all-star contention. Like, there's only 24 all-stars. There's there's like 40 guys who could conceivably, 45 guys that could be all-stars this next year. I don't hate the the Carl Anthony Towns. I actually had him higher than some of the guys we just ranked. Uh, and part of that is he actually played good, maybe not good, but above average defense in the Denver series. I liked him as an off-ball roamer. Or, you know, he's, he's never going to be a great defensive player, but they started to figure out the schemes and they gave Denver the hardest series, maybe maybe not quite the hardest, but they gave Denver, they pushed Denver a little bit. And part of that could be that Denver hadn't ramped up yet. They were really taking the end of the regular season lightly and the Timberwolves came ready to play. But I actually, I'm still a believer in Cat and Gobert working it out together on the court and being something interesting. So I, I'm not entirely against this. We hate to, to say this, but the Timberwolves gave Denver the most trouble. I just said this. What do you mean we hate <laughs> to say this? I think you just tune me out when I talk. No, no, sorry. I just face up for a second. It was a valuable I, point, and he just yeah. wanted to reiterate it. Yeah. <laughs> they gave the most trouble. Dylan, are That's you going right. to fight at 36? Uh, I mean, I had a few guys above him, but like you guys both sound like you're in agreement, so I'll, um, I'll let you swing it. All right. All right, let's save the powder for the next argument. I, I've got a name that I just want to float out there. I don't think you're going to agree to it, although Dylan did like it when I mentioned him last week. Cade Cunningham. Wow. I, th- I think we're ready for the the blossoming. He was hurt at the start of last year. He seems to come back healthy. A lot of rage about him out of uh, the Team USA camp when he played with the select team and beat the Team USA. He's a bigger guard. He is a versatile, league-ready guard. We haven't seen much of him on the court. It's... It's a big jump. Um, but even last season, last season we ranked him 37 coming into it. I'm I'm comfortable with it. I think he's continued to improve, continue to develop. Um, and I think that from what I've heard from the Team USA camp, he looks like he belongs in this range. So, you know, if you want to push me back a little bit, I just I need to start priming the wall for us to to write Kate Cunningham's name on it. I could be interested. I think there's one name I'd like over him almost for sure, which is Darius Garland. I just think he's 
been there and proven that he's an elite level player in terms of playmaking and shot making. He's a lethal three-point shooter, great complimentary guy. I don't think what Cade can do in hypotheticals is better than Garland can do right now. Maybe Cade's fucking awesome, but I just think Garland already is, and it's just it's just a little too early. But I could be in on it in the next pick. Dylan? Um, well, you got? What are, what are some of your other names? I know you got names. Uh, you don't like your names. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's a theory of Cade, like, not remotely. Like, there's practically zero evidence. It's like one guy said that he, like, was looking good, <laughs> which is interesting. And then there's, like, Garland, who's, like, I don't know, like a lower level, like second option. There's some other just like, like kind of empty statsy kind of bucket getters that are probably better than Garland, I feel like, you know, like Bradley Beal, DeMar DeRozan, those kind of players who are just better offensive players than, than Garland. There are two guys that if you wanted something that's less bucket getter, less potential empty stats, um, but guys who are kind of coming off of absentee seasons, We've got Andrew Wiggins entering his age 28 season. This last year was a down year for him, just in comparison to all of his prior years. But also he was going through some pretty intense family stuff, spent half the year away, only played 37 games. I do believe his absence was a big impact on on what Golden State did last year and how they weren't able to quite come together and how they had a lot of regular season issues. Um, and we also have Chris Middleton, who was limited to 33 games, coming back from injury, and at the end of the year started to look like his old self. Um, but, you know, certainly the numbers don't reflect it. Both of these guys, I mean, Middleton was 27 in our rankings last year. Wiggins was 40. But if you wanted someone that has shown they can do a bit more. You guys are out of your fucking mind with that Wiggins <laughs> ranking last year. You're <laughs> out of your mind. It was horrible, and it'd be even worse now. <laughs> The, the dude was like the second best player on a championship yeah. team. I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't have Wiggins for a he, while. He's a top 75 all-time small forward. That's true. He's snuck in. Where, where, where do we have him? Like 50, 55 or something? Uh, we, he's top 60. He's a top 60, top 60 all-time yeah. small forward. That's true. That's true. Where does, uh, where does Darius Garland rank? In the <laughs> he's not thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, he didn't make it into our top 75. Tell you that. He didn't make it to top 75 point guard. That's true. That's true. All of us seem uninspired by our domination. No, can we yeah. get, one name, get one name from each of us and see if anyone agrees? I, I still think it's Garland. Dylan, who's yours? Bradley Beal. Okay. Dude can still get buckets. Like he's yeah. been the number one option on a, on a bad team. If I only get to nominate one guy, I'm going with Chris Middleton. Just hoping for a bounce back season because I think we all agree that Middleton of two years ago is better than these other two guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Middleton of two years ago is better than these guys, but I don't expect that player to exist and yet you keep ranking Kawhi so high (laughs) Kawhi just gets I agree Teflon I agree more with Dylan so I'll I'll compromise with Beal okay Beal it is I do think there is potential for us to get the best Bradley Beal season we've seen from a contributions to winning not super high I we've all talked we're not a big fan of the trade in general but there is the case. There is that potential. All right. So if we go Beal at 37, Garland 38. Yeah. Sounds great. Now, now can we maybe talk about uh, Middleton, DeRozan? Dylan, are you ready? Wiggins. Are you ready for the Middleton conversation? No, Julius Randle. I mean, at, at this point, if we're talking about inefficient scorers that put up regular season numbers that help their team, you know, Randle's 25 points, 10 and rebounds, four assists. Like he does have the playmaking. The three point shooting is back up to 34 percent he jacked up eight threes a game this past season i yeah you know falls apart in the playoffs but they got to the second round he was injured he was yeah. injured in the playoffs but he's still not going to translate well dylan where was randall on your board was he on your board at all <laughs> yeah he's, he's right we're, we're almost there i've got i'd say i've got one more guy that's in a tier above him Who's and that? i feel like you you both may hate it um i respect dylan's opinions i'd be interested <laughs> draymond green Jesus Christ. Like the no. box score numbers. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Box score numbers so aren't bad. good. Still one of the most impactful defensive players. And his ability to, like, not score, but create offense and make things go smoothly. Like, it's he still makes positive contributions, really positive contributions on both ends of the floor. Yeah. Looking at my list, I only had him down, like, at 40 seven so it's actually not that far off i, I had a number I of guys convinced. above uh, above green just like he's 
top I had three defensive player in the league and also a positive offensive player. Like there's there's no one left that comes close to that on either ends of the floor. I will say yeah. I, I went and pulled up some of the play by the the play by play stats numbers, the and it's it's a limited sample size of green without curry. Um but you wanted to guess what their net offense or what their net rating is, green without curry. It's in the toilet. I feel like it's good. Five point five. I don't know oh, what the oh, toilet is on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Tell me what that. Tell me what that means. Five point five is great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, All right. Like, it, I mean, over seven is is like you should be winning sixty games with that type of team. Um, so like five and a half is really good. Uh, Curry's without Green is only zero point five five. So like, I think I think Sabonis and Fox, both of them were like plus five. Yeah. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. It's the net rating stuff. Yeah. I get it. I get it. With them both on, they're plus eight. With them both off, they're negative nine. So, gotcha. like, you would expect this. I guess I could be talked into green. I do. I, I think Wiggins is a better and more impactful player or for the uh, for the Warriors. But if if we really want green, yeah, sure. You want green over Middleton? Am I crazy here? Yeah. I'm very worried about Chris Middleton. He was starting to look good there at the end of the season, right? We were talking about Danny Granger earlier. He just seems like he's about to have that. That's that off. tail off. Whoa, that's scary. I mean, playoff yeah. numbers there's for Middleton are 24 points per game on 46, 40, 86 shooting splits. Like, it's pretty efficient scoring. That's that's pretty efficient scoring. That's that's without Giannis for a couple of those games. So I have a, I have a nomination. <coughs> I have a yeah, who, nomination. who's your guy? Okay. Just last year in the 2022 season, the Hornets won 43 games. No, and the Mellow Ball averaged no. 28 and seven. <laughs> On, oh. on pretty good, on great <laughs> shooting numbers. He was shooting at 39% from three on eight attempts. Where did we have him last year? 47. 47th. I think we should move him up. I think he had all these ankle issues, couldn't play. The Hornets were terrible. And we're going to pretend like he wasn't good when he is really good. And he can feel so, facilitate good offenses. Yeah, I feel Even like... great ones. Yeah, I feel like with the right team around him, like he's on like the worst organization in the league, which makes it difficult. But I feel like with the right team around him, like he could really, you know, drive a really awesome offense. But do they have the right team around him? I mean, they I don't, but there. like, is, is that his fault? No, but you're, you're saying that he's going to look better in other situations. And I'm just saying that the actual situation that he's in is not good. I don't think it's that bad. I think with Bridges coming back, I think with Brandon Miller, with Mark Williams, like that team's going to win, if healthy, like 40 games. 40, 43, 45. That, that, that could be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference next year. They have the talent to do it. Okay. Brandon Miller was like an exceptional spot-up shooter in college, and if that can translate, yeah. just that part. He's still young, so should be improving, but like we've already seen him reach a peak that's higher than than like this kind of level. Okay. Like we've oh. seen him reach up, like you know, basically like Tyrese Halliburton peaks, and no, you know? and he was twenty. He was twenty last year. He was twenty years old, and we're saying that you know he's gonna he's gonna get worse, or he's gonna right. be right now. He's twenty. He's still twenty one. He's gonna turn a uh, twenty two in yeah. in two days, actually. But okay, like, yeah. he's on a shitty team, and he's kind of a douchebag. But like, you know, so if we he, like, he's he's a elite ball handler shooter. Um, is this where we're going to start With putting size. in some young guys then? Um, thoughts on Cade coming back or Paolo? I could be interested in, in Cade at this point and, and Paolo, and we're getting in that area. I still have like DeMar DeRozan, Desmond Bain, Jonte Murray. I do think we, we need to get DeRozan in there. I know he'll be 34 this next year, but the guy's mid-range god. And like, I think we, we know what he five teams in the league would rather have Draymond than DeMar DeRozan. We already put Draymond, didn't didn't we? I've been writing these down. Draymond's thirty nine. Lamelo's forty. <laughs> Tamara Rosen's forty one. I did, <laughs> did not write in Draymond, but I guess I will go right. back and rock. Yeah, lock in Draymond. All right. Yeah. So we lock in Draymond. We lock in Lamelo. I think. I think Demar. I think it's time for Demar. Yeah. Dude gets buckets. He gets yeah. buckets. That's worth something that's, at that point. Yep. Yep. That's pretty much all he can do. But that's a pretty important skill in basketball. Scoring the basketball. Okay. I have kind of a tier of seven guys at this point, and I'm just going to throw out all the names. I want to hear what you think. We've already talked about a few. We got Cade, we got Julius Randle, Chris Middleton, Rudy Gobert, Andrew Wiggins, Paolo Bancaro, and Franz Wagner. And I think Desmond Bain should have been in there. Or Aaron, you just mentioned Bain's name. Yeah, I'm most interested in Paolo. I'll take a big swing on a young guy. I mean, his scoring was in 
really great last year in terms of being a rookie, being like the first option, essentially trying to shoulder that load. Shooting was a struggle, but I think with time, he'll be able to get to his spots and knock down the shots that he wants. And the Magic are, aren't a desolate team. Like there's lots of talent. I think they're ready to kind of take that jump pretty soon. I, I would agree. Dylan, who are you most interested in? No, I like it. I like pretty pretty much all those guys that Nate said. Like those are pretty much, I think, my guys as well. And like Cade and Paolo, where, you know, you maybe reach on both of them because I like both their upside. And yeah, like Desmond Bain, who you, who you edited and is also a guy that I have in this sort of range. Could we do Paolo at 42, Cade at 43? Yeah. Did, did we take Towns off the board? Yes, Towns was up at 36. Okay, because I feel like this is where he fits in as well. <laughs> yeah. But oh well. <laughs> What's the anti-Towns argument, Dylan? Like, I feel like he's like the third best player on his team, and I don't know how he fits in on like a really good NBA team. Like, <laughs> last week I was really buying into this, like Jokic has changed the league, and actually you can win a championship with a center that's not great defensively. So yeah, maybe like he should be high. He does still have some defensive skill, but yeah. That's right. We, we locked him in. It's fine. Yeah. All right. I locked in Paolo. I locked in Cade. Anyone feel passionately? I I, I just, I do want to preface. Like I, I was listening to the Ringers Fantasy Football prep, prepping for my fantasy football league. And they had a podcast called Guys That We Hate to Rank. But, you know, our, our professional credibility would suffer if we didn't put some of these guys in there. So they're like, we're not going to take these guys for our team. Like, this guy's going to have to fall like three rounds to get to us. But I think part of that, some of those guys, Julius Randle. Whatever we can say about his criticisms, the man puts up numbers. The man is consistently there. And that does impact winning, at least, of course, the regular season. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he's consistently there until you get to the playoffs and then teams can actually prepare for him and it's not that difficult. Yeah. I'm ready for him. I think it's about time. But but yeah, he, he does like put up, put up regular season numbers and is an impactful regular season player. Perfect. Locked him in. Rudy Gobert? Andrew Wiggins, Chris Middleton. I know these aren't sexy names, but they're so not sexy. <laughs> Can we do Wiggins and then Desmond Bain? I do Wiggins and Bain. All right. What do you guys think about Desmond Bain? Desmond Bain's upcoming season. How are you guys feeling about this? Obviously, very excited. <laughs> I mean, like he's got to be. He, he, there's going to be a lot asked of him offensively, and mm-hmm. I think he has like shown that he actually can scale up his role and be a pretty um you know efficient and impactful scorer and like I, I wish that it like his arms were like six inches longer and he would be like an all-star but um you know like he's still he's still strong he you know is a pretty i think underrated passer mm-hmm. um and like he can he can put up buckets and like has shown that he contributes to winning basketball so my one thing that i'm a little bit worried with him is just with being with job being out and tyus jones being gone now ball handling and offensive creation duties kind of do fall more towards him. I mean, you're going to have Marcus Smart there. If Marcus Smart is your primary ball handler and creator, that makes me a little bit more worried. Like, I think I think Smart can be like a 1A as a ball handler and creator, but I want the other guy, like I want a 1B, and like I want I want two guys to be there that handle it, and I think that's now going to be Bane. Yeah, you you want Marcus Smart playing with Ja, not playing yeah. with Desmond Bain as his next best um, ball handler. Yeah. Now, Bain did show some growth on the ball handling uh, in the creation categories is in development. So I, I'm I'm interested to see if that leap continues or if that, not leap, but steady growth continues. Um, so I'm fine with 46. And, you know, you're, you're going to get 20 points. Now you're going to get 40% from three. But I think that ball handling needs to continue to take a step up. Otherwise, you're just in Zach Levine territory, which... Yeah, him coming yeah. up. Yeah, who, who who scores like close to thirty points, and we haven't even mentioned them. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a strong chance Levine's an all star this next year. He's been an all star a couple of years, so like like it's within the realm of possibility. And we're at forty seven. Oh, I only got three more guys. Uh, four. Go, go four more guys. Okay. Um, you mentioned another couple guys. Who were they? Other Middleton, couple guys: right? Middleton, Gobert, uh, Franz Wagner. Okay. Could we do um? Could we do Miles Turner over Gobert? Like a far superior offensive player and also a really good rim protector? I hadn't considered Miles Turner for this. Like I, I mean, actually didn't have them far apart. I have no, them a ways really. back, but I have them like, pretty close <laughs> together. Like, dude's one of the best rim protectors in the league. One of the few um three and D centers. And last year, like made big improvements as a as a role man and finisher inside. Good rebound. Like he doesn't really have any weaknesses. Like this is a dude that could put up close to 20 points and 
on efficient scoring and is still one of the best rim protectors in the league. I didn't realize that scoring bump. Would you rather have Turner or Brook Lopez, though? Uh, I, th- I think this is the year that Miles Turner surpasses him. Okay. As as Brook continues to age. I... Age is like fine wine. Who knows what he'll do next? He's going to add a add a handles package. He's yeah. Guys up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he waited like ten years to add the three point shot. What, what's going to add? And and, and and the defense, like he spent the first ten years of his career being like, man, how do I defend? And then Bud's like, you're seven feet tall and really strong. If you just stand under under the rim, no one will be able to score. He's like, oh, that changes everything. <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> like, like got him from like a like a decent bench player to like a clear starter. Um, so yeah, maybe he like realizes he's like, wait a minute, I am seven feet tall and really strong. If I just hold the ball above my head, no one can grab it, and I can just pass to the open player. Maybe that's the new wrinkle. It's the wilt season. Um, did, did you ever read Seth Partnow's book? Who's his no, no. Uh, Dylan, he's a big he's a big Partnow guy, so I kind of. Yeah, um, it was he, turned out to be hard to get in New Zealand. He's got a whole bit in there about the Bucks um, going for Lopez, and it was kind of. Uh, an interesting thing is they decided what style of defense they wanted to run. They decided they wanted to run this drop coverage. And they were like, who actually does the best in drop? And like they, they kind of scoured and found the numbers. And they're like, oh, hey, Lopez actually does a really good job in drop defense. But teams just keep not having him do that. And they're like, well, that's the style we want to run. Like, let's get him. And it was kind of... Yeah. Uh, that you know. Like, low-key, the Bucks getting Brook Lopez is, to be their starting center is like one of the best low-key like front office decisions like mm-hmm. that really made that team without Brook Lopez um you know becoming the player that he was because of the position that they put him in i think like Giannis's career and the Bucks um team as a whole is like so much different yeah and i don't think they're a championship team and i don't think Giannis gets to the heights that he was able to get all right i I'm, i think you more talked to me off of Gobert as opposed to in on Miles Turner um I, although i'm not i'm not too far off um Aaron who you got I think I'd rather have Brooke Lopez. I just, I don't think we're in the right spot. Yeah, yeah, we're not. I'm, no, I, who I, you got next for 47? Um, I had DeJounte Murray. Why is no one like DeJounte Murray? <laughs> I hate DeJounte Murray, man. <laughs> He's good. There's, there's like the most overrated defender in the league. Um, isn't actually a good on-ball defender. Like he does still make plays, which is nice, but isn't a good on-ball defender, isn't an efficient scorer. Takes bad shots, stagnates the offense. The offense is never good when he's on. On like he put up one good box score season and used to be a good defender, and so he got this reputation as like a all star caliber guy. But I would rather have Fred Van Vliet. I'd rather have Tyrese Maxey. God damn! All right, never I'd rather mind. have <laughs> like <laughs> Derek White. Maybe. Yeah, Derek. I, White. Actually, okay. yes, Derek White. I, I was I was banking on the name value a little bit, maybe. Uh... <laughs> Just a bounce back season for a kind of a really odd Hawks here. I had Van Fleet one spot back after that, so I could I could do Van Fleet. Yeah, Van Fleet's my next guy after after Turner. So I'm, I, I love that we have like all these random dudes, and then we're like, oh, but we all just have Van Fleet like one spot apart. It's it's the consensus guys, which you know I I think that's why it's so valuable to do individually. Like and, and even still, like I still remember the first year that we did this when none of us had Dejounte Murray, and then that was his breakout year. And like we posted one guy's like, I really like your list, but I feel like Devon DeJounte Murray should be like fifty. And we looked at him like, Yeah, we we kind of missed that. But all right, so if Levine's forty, he's seven. Any any love for Middleton or Va- or uh, Franz? They're, they're my two guys. They're Levine or Van Fleet? Uh middle Van Vliet. You locked in Van Fleet, right? Van Vliet's forty seven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Forty seven, okay. Yeah. I I thought we were saying Levine. Okay. How do you guys feel about Levine? Feels like this is a Levine area. Scores a lot of points. Kind of the same. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll figure it out. Dylan hates it. Category. He's over there fuming in the box. <laughs> right? I, I want, uh, well, I don't want, I like Tyrese Maxey and Derek White better than Levine. Why is that? I mean, they're just both contributors to winning and Zach Levine is not. Like if I'm trying to build a good team, like even if I'm trying to build like where the Bulls are as like a, you know, just a try hard team, just trying to get to the play in, I think I'd still rather have both of those guys. I think Maxey can like, like with James Harden out of the way as the number one point guard, I think people are going to really come to appreciate how good this dude is. Like he gets to the rim at a crazy rate and his three point shooting is like, like it's, it's almost looks fluky because it, he doesn't look like as he's creating these three pointers as like a guy that should shoot like 40%, but he's done it on pretty good volume and pretty consistently. I feel like he's just a better, I feel like your offense is going to be way better if, Tyrese Maxey's your number one guy, then Zach Levine's your number one guy. 
and and down. If Tyrese Max is your number two, you're better. If Tyrese Max is your number three, you're better than Levine is your three. Okay, okay, I get it. You talked me into it. Yeah, Nate, what do you think? Yeah, I, I actually, you know, the more I think about it, and I kind of was perusing their stats as you were talking, and and they're very similar. And I think the one thing that we can kind of look at and think about is that Maxi was probably going to take a step up in the role, and Levine's going to take a step down, or Levine's going to at least stay the same, and. You know what? What do we know about the Bulls? They're not going to go anywhere, and we know that Maxi Maxi's going to have more opportunity. So I'm fine. But can we lock in Levine afterwards? I do think this is the right range for Levine, and you're not going to be able to talk me to Derek White. That is <laughs> all right. Mark, Mark <laughs> Smart is better than Derek. Why is White. that, Nate? Why is that? Why is that? Is it this? Is it the jersey he's wearing? Is it the goddamn Celtics jersey? <laughs> it's that he's not Marcus a top Smart fifty player. <laughs> Marcus Smart is in no universe better than Derek White. Derek White is better the entire Jeez. season. Out of your fucking Derek, mind. Derek Just White supplanted Marcus Smart on his on when they were on the same team as their best guard. If Marcus Smart played for Boston, Nate wouldn't wouldn't want him on the top 100. No fucking way. Be like, he's old now. Not that good on defense. I, I put him in the top 100 every year. You wouldn't do it this year. Your hate grows <laughs> with time. Derek White I, is now a better defensive and offensive player than Marcus Smart. Thank you for coming to my talk. Um, but yeah, we, we can do Zach Levine. Like, like we're saying, there's still value to putting up efficient buckets, even if it doesn't lead to much. Okay. We have one more spot left. Guys, can we do Middleton? Two more. All right, fine. Yeah. Uh, Let's Middleton close it number out. 50. <laughs> I'm just... If Middleton's healthy and returns to form of two years ago, he should be top 24, top 30. I, th- I think I think dropping him to 50 is, is an appreciable enough drop. Right, guys? I think it's yeah. fair. I think yeah. it's fair. And like you said, like the playoff numbers were still good. So like yeah. he does does still have that... Um, you know that upside isn't totally gone. Yeah, we, we he's probably, probably a little bit slower, like maybe more of a, a four defender now, um, but still a really good passer and shooter. Can create his own shot. So, yeah, perfect, perfect. All right, Aaron, do you want to read read uh, twenty six through fifty? Sure thing. That's what I'm here for. Twenty six is Jalen Brunson, then Trey Young, Zion, Laurie Markkinen, and thirty is Jamal Murray, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday. Mikhail Bridges, Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, Darius Garland, Draymond Green, 40 is Lamella Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Paolo Bancaro, Cade Cunningham, Julius Randle, Andrew Wiggins, Desmond Bain, Fred Van Vliet, Tyrese Maxey, Zach Levine, and 50 is Chris Middleton. Perfect. Great list. Aaron, where do like people it, find yeah. you? Possible chairs on TikTok and this podcast all the time. Yeah. Got some exciting guests coming up. Dylan, where can the people find you? sometimes on this podcast but sometimes just listening to it because there are some exciting guests coming up yeah you can also find me on hoops temple or on tiktok hoops temple pod also sometimes listen to this podcast because aaron kicks me off my own show sometimes but (laughs) check out the upcoming guests naked's the boot